0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Ecom Sales Tax Podcast, a multi-state tax solutions production. In this podcast, our goal is to help e-commerce sellers and their tax advisors keep up with the constantly changing world of sales tax. So uh, let's get started. I'm your host, Andy Johnson. I've got Dan Peisner with me. Hello, Dan. Hello, Andy. Dan is one of the country's foremost authorities on the world of e-commerce and the assistant author on the AICPA course. On multi-state income tax. Dan, we've got some developments in a few different states that uh, we want to cover specifically for e-commerce sellers and probably in particular FBA sellers, right? Correct. So the first one I want to talk about is the state of Washington. Washington has been one of those states that's super aggressive on uh, sales tax audits, especially of, of e-commerce sellers, Amazon FBA sellers. And in the past, when, when Washington passed a law that was going to require Amazon to be the tax collector, which a lot of e-commerce sellers applauded, and then later realized, wow, should we have even asked for that? Because now it's worse. But anyway, when, when Washington passed that law, they also put in their a provision That if someone came to them voluntarily, that uh, the state of Washington would waive the penalty, which I think, correct me if I'm wrong, is like 39% penalty. That's about right. Yeah. Uh, And would limit the the look back if sellers came to them voluntarily. But uh, if Washington found you first, then none of those benefits uh, were available to you. But just recently, Dan, uh, how did we learn that Washington is changing changing that policy?
1: Well, Washington uh, actually start they came up with this policy out of nowhere, and and I've got my suspicions as to why. But uh, they've they they've actually had a lot of their auditors start reaching out to their open cases, and uh, this and the the catch to this program is. Uh, as you said, normally, uh, to get advantages of, a, of essentially a voluntary disclosure, you have to voluntarily disclose. Once the state's found you, normally there's nothing voluntary about it. But in the the, uh, the fine print on this one, it says you may still qualify in the event that you've already been contacted and to, to reach out to your contact. Um, from what we've seen, this is very much a case-by-case basis. Uh, we're not yet sure what criteria they're using for those. And... From what I've seen, I'm, I'm not sure the auditors are, are very certain of this yet themselves. Uh, we've seen a lot of inconsistency in the process, but the the state does seem to be willing to work with people to uh, get uh, in exchange for, for working with them. They uh, uh, they, they will, uh, it, they're going to entertain at the very least waiver of, of some of that penalty, if not all, uh, as well as limiting the look back to four years plus current. Uh, now they've, there's plenty of uh, language about it being discretionary and uh, one of the auditors I've talked to left it questionable as to whether the BNO tax would, uh, would necessarily get some of the same protections, but uh, it, it does seem like they're, they are willing to uh, at, l- at least work with you, which is a nice change from Washington's usual approach of uh, no carrot give you this uh, use the stick. And then a second helping of the stick in case the first was not enough.
0: So we have a couple of clients that, uh, that this will really help. Right. And so in general, the state of Washington's approach is if you, if they find that you had nexus um, and you don't come to them first, how far back does Washington try to typically go?
1: Uh, We've seen Washington go back seven, eight years before. And uh, their, their interest rates relatively low, but their penalty rate is probably one of the highest that we've seen out of them. And they they hit you with by the time they're stacking on the the regular penalties plus non-registered non-registered penalty, non-filer penalty, they can really get up. The the penalty can get up uh, sometimes even higher than that 39%. So uh, this is this is definitely. We've got some clients that are very, very excited about this, and, and we're, we're taking the, the necessary steps to, to enroll them and work with them through the process.
0: Yeah, I mean, one of our clients, I think you mentioned this. The penalty alone would save them upwards of two hundred thousand, or did I hear that right?
1: Uh, it could. Uh, we're we're still kind of running the numbers on them, but the just the the look back alone with. Knocking three years of uncollected tax off is a huge, huge boom. Now, uh, we've all just started the process, and we don't know how giving the state's willing to be, but a, even a shot at reduction is, is a lot better than the, the usual.
0: Right. What they had before was really bleak. And uh, we always rec- just warn people that once the state of Washington finds you, man, it's rough. Now, it's not like they're just waiving everything, right? They're still going to go back four years plus the current. Um, they're, they're still going to get interest. but right. So don't think that you're off the hook. And if, even if you went to them voluntarily, they're not going to waive everything. Uh, they'll want you to pay the back tax. So it's, I don't want people to have the wrong idea. What we're saying is uh, Washington usually issues the death penalty, now they're going to uh you know com- convert it into uh you know 99 years plus 100 years in the you know probation or something so it's maybe it's not that's not a great analogy maybe but it's a lot better than it was before let's say that
1: exactly it's uh it, it's brought hope to some of our clients right
0: um all right uh another development uh let's see what else they want. Oh, the typical tax penalty across the States is more like 10%. So that's why Washington stands out as such a, a big exposure. Um, Dan, a, a few, let's see, when did Amazon notify their sellers? Oh, it was May 15th when Amazon sent out a notice. We got some of this, some of these from our own clients, um, uh, where Amazon notified our clients that, uh, they would be sending information to New York about certain third-party sellers. Um, If you had sales in uh, New York using Amazon uh, in the year 2014, then Amazon said, hey, because of valid and binding legal demand, quote unquote, from New York, we're gonna have to uh, send uh, a report to New York That gives the total of of your sales in New York in 2014. Um, A lot of people have asked us, why why in the world uh, is Amazon giving this information to New York? And this is not unprecedented, right? Because Amazon's already agreed to give similar information to several other states that we've already talked about in prior podcast episodes. But New York is particularly surprising because New York is the one state that uh, has <clears throat> kind of an exemption from Nexus for owning inventory in the state, right?
1: That's correct. Uh, New York City is one of, the, one of the few states that really has created a safe harbor for fulfillment centers by creating a carve-out that says if, if you're fulfilling inventory out of New York, and, and that's if all you've got is inventory in the state that a third party is fulfilling on your behalf. That you do that—that that is not enough to create nexus, uh, even though constitutionally they could, and and they're usually very aggressive on on matter pushing the envelope constitutionally. Uh, that's one area that they legislatively chose not to impose that.
0: So we're going to speculate, Dan. That's what we get to do in a podcast all right. on why New York is doing this. Um, But before we speculate on that, I just want to point out that uh, New York, uh, uh, Governor Cuomo has tried to uh, be aggressive and I guess for the last three years has put forth a a recommendation that the state tax online marketplaces like Amazon – to collect tax on behalf of third-party sellers, but each time it's been rejected by the state legislature. So according to my research, uh, if they had implemented this, they feel like they could have gotten about $136 million in taxes collected. Now, it's easy for a state to, to figure out how much money they're missing because now that Amazon itself collects sales taxes everywhere, including New York, uh, they can look and say, well, how much money has Amazon re, uh, remitted on its own sales, not the sales of third parties? And so my guess is must be 136 million. And then independently, uh, Amazon or others have reported that about half of Amazon sales are made by third party sellers. So if, if I'm the astute uh, New York Department of Revenue guy, I'm saying, wait, we get $136 million a year from Amazon uh, of tax collected, sales tax collected, and that's only half. So we're missing $136 million. If we made Amazon collect tax on behalf of third party sellers in New York, hey, boom, we gotta immediately get 136 more million. Um, so that's the rough math. So that's what makes New York wanna, you know, at least the governor of New York want to uh to make Amazon collect a tax, but that hasn't been successful. So now they're saying uh, they've issued this binding uh, request uh, requirement to Amazon to furnish sales information from 2014. So Dan, uh, let's let's open our speculative uh, hats and try to to guess why is Amazon going after sales from third-party sellers in the year 2014. What do you think?
1: Well, it's it's hard not to draw some kind of a, a line, a connection between that and the, the Wayfair case that we've talked about before that's currently sitting at the Supreme Court. And uh, the states are, uh, to take the, the, old, uh, uh, the old saying, praying for peace but preparing for war, the states are praying that... This, that the the Supreme Court will overturn Quill and let them bring in their their economic nexus thresholds and 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 let them do what they want to do, but in the they're they're at the same time starting to line up their Plan Bs just in case that doesn't happen. Uh, they're they're not sure they're going to win that one, and in case they don't, they want to make sure that they're uh, that they've got a contingent plan and far as looking at the the data here with with uh with these these sellers uh for, uh, for although i think the, the strangest thing to me about this request is they asked for 14 not 15 not 2016 not 2017 they only asked for 2014 and they wanted the sales made during that year and uh the name address and, and federal tax ID number. Uh, so there's, there's definitely a, uh, it's a little interesting. I mean, they could be going after, they, they could be coming up with, in, in case they lose quill, I mean, they, they could be going after income tax. Uh, where everybody's kind of looking at the sales tax, but they, they know about if they're looking at, at New York, Amazon sellers and they're seeing a lot of, uh, new and, and they're seeing not seeing a lot of income tax being reported, could be a push for income tax. Everybody's kind of keeping the their eye on the ball with sales tax, but uh, it, it could be an income tax push. Hmm. It could it, it could be. Uh, I'm not. You know they they have to find a way around their own law, but they they could be looking for. Uh, they could be trying to make an argument for. To, that Amazon is doing more than just third-party fulfillment, and try to go specifically after Amazon sellers. Uh, they try to say that the the law is limited to that, and uh, it, it's it's something that we've kind of been looking at a little bit. That Amazon, as Amazon adds more and more and more services to their fulfillment, they start to go beyond just strictly fulfilling the property. They're accepting. Yeah,
0: because Amazon manages inventory. They take returns, Um, you know, you don't send returns. If you buy something on Amazon from a third-party seller, you don't send that item back to the third-party seller. In fact, it's very hard to deal with the third-party seller. Everything goes through Amazon. And the third-party seller may not even want to refund the money, but Amazon refunds it on their behalf. So there's a lot of things that Amazon does on behalf of third-party sellers
1: yeah uh, in my experience with Amazon it's rare they make you even send the item back sometimes they they they're very much they they live and die by customer service
0: right So I think I'm I'm kind of in the camp of um, New York who has historically been very creative on Nexus arguments. They're the ones that in my mind brought Amazon to their knees in the first place because not that long ago Amazon was the main, um, proponent of no tax on sales uh, on the over the internet. And New York said, wait a minute, uh, according to Tyler Pipe, one independent sales rep creates Nexus, but you've got how about a thousand bloggers in New York, living in New York, that uh, link to a particular product on Amazon's website and get paid a commission. So that should, that should be enough to create nexus for you, Amazon. And uh, Amazon fought it and lost it. And so in, in, as I think about the history of Amazon and sales tax, I think New York going after them is what really turned Amazon around to the point now where they collect everywhere, which is really a shocking development. But I think that New York, given that it has that carve out for the inventory and fulfillment center, I think what New York is saying is, wait a minute, you do a lot of services for these sellers besides just pick and ship, right? You do a lot of other inventory management and customer relationship and return management. um, And we think this goes way beyond. This is more in the form of an agency-related service. So they, they want seller data, back to 2014, in my mind, because why would you want to know what happened in 2018? You want to find the big hitters, right? You want to find someone that's had a lot of sales. And if I can go back four or five years um, and show that this particular seller has been using Amazon to as an agent, that this seller has Nexus. Maybe Amazon doesn't, and we'll try to go out to them later, uh, but that's failed us so far but this seller certainly has nexus. And even if the Supreme court uh, overturns Quill or they don't, uh, the Supreme court ruling in Wayfair has nothing to do with the issues of, of uh, agency. So I wouldn't be too surprised given how I know how New York operates, that that's Mm -hmm. what they're preparing to do.
1: Yeah. And, and uh, I, they they wouldn't even they are the the grandfathers of click through nexus so to speak and uh, there there wouldn't even be the innovators in this agency theory South Carolina is very much pursuing uh, Amazon in their court saying that Amazon really is not only the agent but that Amazon's really the seller because of those very services you mentioned and that they should be collecting and uh, Arizona is trying to assert that as well through their own laws so it would be little bit of a twist on that to, to give them all Nexus and maybe they won't New York won't go after Amazon too much at least until HQ2 is, is announced. but uh, they've they're got something up their sleeve.
0: Oh, that's interesting. yeah. Oh um, yeah Amazon could try to leverage HQ2, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. All right, um, let's uh, cover the one other development we wanted to talk about today. And uh, Dan, why don't you introduce it?
1: Well, uh, the last development is Indiana. And this is a program that kind of came out uh, last month, I believe. And what it is, is it's a, uh, it's an online, it's a voluntary disclosure program specifically for online sellers. Uh, Now to qualify your only contact with the state of Indiana, your only nexus with them has to be through inventory stored with a third party that a third party is, Fulfilling on your behalf. And if you do that, they will give you a, uh, they will waive the penalties and they will give you a limited look back for both sales and income tax. Uh, but the, the sweetener is that rather than their usual three or four year limited look back, they will limit it to calendar year 2017 uh, or fiscal for, for, for income tax purposes. So, if you've been that, that that's a, a, a nice reduction of uh, potential back taxes, particularly since uh, I believe Indiana was was uh, not a participant in the uh, the MTC's uh, online voluntary dis- online seller uh, amnesty program.
0: Yeah, that sounds great. Um, that's that would be pretty much unprecedented. Um, so that's fantastic. So uh, sellers selling in Indiana uh, that have s- prior sales going back more than one year uh, should probably take advantage of this this amnesty.
1: Yeah, especially if you've got uh, anybody that's had uh, a lot of sales in the past. Uh, in Indiana not the most it has not been the most aggressive state in the past, but uh, it it's anybody's game once uh once uh quill comes. once the the wayfair decision comes down uh these states are all going these states are all trying to get the money somewhere and yeah. they they're all finding their own little creative ways to chip away at the at the this problem that they've had and one of those you know it, it's washington california pennsylvania and to an extent connecticut have all proven that they know how to find Uh, they know how to find these, a lot of sellers that are selling in their state through Amazon and and other platforms. And uh, it, there's a chance that there's a, you know, we've kind of suspected there could be a third party out uh, some kind of a third party company that's mining this data from Amazon somehow and is selling it to the States. And if they're, if they've peddled it to California and Washington, you bet they're, they're also talking to these other States. So it's, being able to to with some certainty clear that past liability, there's there's definitely some value
0: to that. All right, excellent. All right, Dan, uh, thank you so much for uh, sharing this today. It's been super uh, informative, and I hope uh, beneficial to clients and friends of the firm. So, Dan, with that, I guess we'll uh, we'll see you next week. Thank you, Andy.